0: Hi everyone, this is Rashonda Thornton, the host of the Dietitian Against Diets podcast show. Um, enjoy every single podcast opportunity where I'm getting an opportunity to talk with you about nutrition, about wellness, and about health, and how you can find your own pathway to happiness. Before we get into um, introducing you to my guest today, I wanna talk about a particular company you've heard me talk about it before, or if not, this may be your first time, called Banner Road. Now you hear the word Banner Road, but you, do you really know that it's actually a granola company? Um, and actually have been quite successful over the last five years they've been around. Um, and the reason why they've been titled as the um, most best granola is, they were actually a feature just recently on Good Morning America um, as a part of the recommended pandemic care package, where they're tied up with a lot of other uh, products that are held in high regards. Uh, and we know right now, especially considering our times, we want, we know we're snacking, we want to at least bring in some really healthy snacks um, and granola is one of them. Um, now, one thing about um is they're packed with nothing but whole food products where you recognize every single ingredient on their label. No artificial sugars and every ingredient is organic. And as a kicker, it leaves you with great, tasty, um, unique flavors um, that you feel good about. Go to their website, Learn where you can order some of their products by going to banneroad.com and you can get them online mostly. They'll ship it right to your door. Um, and also, if you have those friends and families you want to also extend that um, care package to or just some healthy ways that so they can snack during this COVID season, send them a package as well. They have um, different kits that they can have you send out to those families and friends. Find them on Instagram at banneroads and also you will find it on the Facebook at banneroads. Now, one of the particular topics that we're going to just talk quickly about is um, right now, especially especially during these times, life is a bit complicated. Um, <laughs> but when life is complicated, that doesn't necessarily mean healthy eating has to be um, complicated as well. We know right now, um, when we th- think about our stresses that we're uh, surrounded by, we're, we stress ourselves over family, we stress ourselves over work. We stress ourselves over the unforeseen future right now, given these times. And we also stress ourselves over what we eat. Now, the truth is that stress is real now, but it literally is a disease um, of our lifetime. It's what contributes to a lot of our health conditions. Um, So the bad news is that when it comes to our family and our work in these unforeseen futures, we can't really control that. But the good news is that when it comes to our nutrition and our foods, we can control that as well as our overall health. Now, I know that a lot of times when we are faced with so many different moving pieces, nutrition is the first ball to drop. Um, Or if we do try to bring in nutrition, we feel like it brings on another layer of stress. Um, And I feel that when it comes to nutrition, let's just find a way to simplify it. Um, When you have, um, thinking about how we easily find ourselves self-sabotaging our nutrition journey or our healthy habits, um, I just think that's because we make it more complicated. Um, We self-sabotage because we just feel like we don't want to invest the time or the energy to really learn what works best for us. So we decided that we just follow a diet plan that'll eliminate from us thinking about nutrition, uh, not having to think about it. I heard so many times people say, I just don't want to think about it. Just tell me what to do. And I'm sorry to say, but just telling you what to do is not really giving you the tools to really build your healthy habits. It's just giving you direction. So that's why we find ourselves kind of self-sabotaging because we're not wanting to take the time. Or we feel overwhelmed with the amount of work that we feel may be involved with making these healthy habits. So how many times have you said to yourself when you're thinking about eating healthy, is that eating clean is too hard, or you may feel overwhelmed when you're trying to eat healthy, or you don't have time to watch what you eat. Um, I've heard that a lot of times, and I'll honestly, I get it, nutrition is not an easy topic. But when it comes to education and habit building, a lot of time has to be invested in learning about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and then when you do that, you'll actually find it's really not that hard. So. I want to simplify it. I'm gonna give you three easy ways to just start simplifying your nutrition and your perspective of it. For the first and foremost is slow down a bit. We feel rushed to you know, imp- implement all these healthy habits into our lives. Um, let's just slow down and take a moment and just realize, you know, we don't have to follow these rules, these labels, these fat diets. We just need to take a moment to just honor our unique uh, needs our personal tendencies and make choices where we're at so we can manage it and so we can afford to give it all our best and make more long-lasting results. Um, the ones that's supposed to give us the healthy life that we're actually wanting. So slow down a bit, take your time and learn what you what you really need and that you're different from everyone else. The next one is simply start eating real food. <laughs> and what I mean by real food is that there are two different types of real food. Number one, your food should be its ingredient. Um, that means no added sugars, no preservatives, nor hormones, nor no hormones, no antibiotics, not all these lists of ingredients you can't pronounce. So when you look at a label that says chicken or it says apples, that should be it. It shouldn't be any additional um, language on there. And then another second type of real food is actually, it may be a particular food, but the ingredients you can read. So if you have you know a soup that's you look on the label and it says tomatoes and corn and rosemary oregano basil every word on the list is whole foods. So being able to discern you know what is real food and be able to bring that into your life. At the end of the day, real food should be ingredients um, that you can grow from the ground or that you can or animal products. As far as, as I always say, if you can't grow it or kill it, it's potentially not real food. So eating just real food. And the last thing is make time. Don't just say, oh, I'll find time. It's different between making time and finding time. When you make time, there's no other option. So when you make, when time is your limiting factor and it comes to healthy eating, you know, you want to look at it as, okay, I have to start making time for myself so I can prepare my right meals, making time for myself so I can learn, you know, how to shop appropriately. So I'm bringing in these healthy uh, foods into my life. So it becomes a lifestyle. Um, re- cooking healthy doesn't have to be expensive. We don't have to go and find these complicated recipes. Uh, and we're not have to take all the time to prepare it. We can find short and easy ways to uh, make sure that we're bring- bringing in the nutrients that we need. Um, but we also want to put in a little of time to make sure that we're doing it that best serves us and that we feel that we deserve. So in the reality is that when you uh, take less time and wondering about if this is right, if, if that is, isn't right, the bottom line is eat lots of fruits and vegetables with a variety of colors, eat protein from meat and non-meat sources, Eat whole grains, drink more water, choose foods that work for you, and avoid the foods that affect you negatively. So indulging it last but not least in moderation so you don't feel deprived. Simple. Keep it simple. So during our lives and during these times of, of being in a stressful world, don't let your eating become an additive, but make it a subtraction and start to have it as a tool to combat distress. And remember, you deserve it. So my last but not least, my play to win, my, my play to win tips for this particular topic is set realistic and measurable goals, which means taking the time, slowing down, and creating a plan. Avoid this idea of restrictive and fat diets. No one wins when you feel like you have to take everything away. Also, measure your health by literally how you feel. And that's all comes with just slowing down, recognizing what fits your needs, what works for you, what makes you happy. Um, But also, food is meant to be enjoyed. So enjoy every moment of your food that you're putting in your mouth. If you don't enjoy it, you won't keep it up. And the very last not least, which has been the unaligning message of this particular topic is, Keep it it's simple. Start out simple and over time you start building you know, different ideas and different creativity ways that so you can be healthy, but don't let it be, don't let it consume you to where it creates more stress for your life and the times, especially during the times we're having right now. Um, so I hope that helps. Um, that will give you some ideas of how to kind of navigate through these times and help you to keep nutrition simple. Um, so I'm getting ready to introduce you to my guest, And before I do that, I wanna um, to highlight one more company um, that uh, is a part of this podcast show. You may not, you may not have heard of their title. They have a very unique name. It's called Imperfect Foods. <laughs> okay, so like the question is, what 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 does that mean? What's in the word imperfect? Uh, well, the question is really, what makes food imperfect anyway? Just because the apple may not be symmetrical, or there may be blemishes on your almonds. Um, These are reasons why a lot of grocery stores don't accept certain foods and they don't put them on a shelf. So what does that do? That creates more just because the food doesn't aesthetically look appealing. But on the nutrition end of it, it actually has just as many nutrients. So the food is still healthy for you. They just may not look like the model idea of what your apples should. Um, look like. So the goal of imperfect food is that they recognize that all the nutrients um, are intact and there is a surplus of waste uh, when it comes to food with its imperfections. So what they do, they fill in the gap in between producers and consumers, and they provide these foods that are at a discounted price. Um, so every, person, every purchase being available that you can grab online. So they make it easy for you. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, it saves you time, it saves you money, and overall it saves food waste. So learn more about their company and what what they represent and why they're doing what they're doing and how you can contribute to eliminating so much of the food waste. It helps you to kind of like not feel like the apple has to be perfect looking for it to be full of nutrition. Go to their website uh, and actually if you go and you type in Reshanda, R-E-S-H-A-U-N-D-A, you will receive $10 off your first purchase. Um, Find them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Imperfect Foods. Um, It's an online grocery store and it's creating more sustainable practices with your help um, and also create an effective food system for everyone else. So find them and follow them and um, be a part of their movement. Okay, everyone. Welcome again to the Dietitian Against Diet podcast show. This is Rishon Thornton, your host, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, Lindsay Elizabeth. Um, I will give you a little bit of insight. You got two dietitians on t- together, and once they get on the, uh, on the platform together, conversation can get a little wild. So I really appreciate what she does as a dietitian, and I'm excited to kind of get going, but I want to let you know who she is first. So um, like myself, she is also a sports dietitian. She owns a particular her practice is called RISE Nutrition. Um, but being a sports dietitian, you have to have a background in sports most of the time. So her past, she was a former track runner and gym, gymnast. Um, and she actually also works in other areas of um, sports as far as working for universities and working with military, military forces as a sports RID. Um, but even with all of that, her focus was mainly on focusing on w- girls and women, um, when it comes to, you know, their fear about food or their relationship with food, um, the insecurity that, that circles around it. And she wants to really kind of bring on, bring to the table about how we can we interact food in, in a positive way, especially when it comes to our body image. So I want to introduce again, Lindsay Elizabeth. Thanks for being on the show today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Rashonda. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. I will say before we get started, I'm jealous. Lindsay lives in Texas. Uh, For those (laughs) who don't know, I am from Texas and I'm a true Texan girl. So anytime, anytime I get on a call or Interact with someone from Texas, I always just smile. So, um, hope that yeah. you're good, warm and toasty down there.
1: <laughs> I am, and I'm, I'm not originally from Texas, but I sure have been enjoying it, and I understand why Texans love Texas. So I know, much, like
0: it's, it's kind of crazy. I don't know what it is, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I like, here understand. Yeah, so I'm glad to have you here today. And um, you know, like I say, you know, a lot of people, you know, I think I think the ter- I think the profession, dietitians, are actually starting to really kind of be more in the forefront now just over the last 10 years I would say and there's a people know dietitians more than just being in hospitals you know they see them in other spaces yeah. but I don't know if you really know kind of what separates a dietitian from a sports dietitian, you know? Um, So, so do you just coming into the field of um, being a dietitian, you know, give us a little background on how you decided, like, you want to kind of focus in on this area and then even a little bit deeper, how you wanted to really kind of work with women and girls in that area of nutrition.
1: Yeah. I think my interest in nutrition always stemmed from sports, you know, like back when I was in high school thinking about, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, it always had to do something with sports or physical activity or movement. But just when I was thinking about a career choice, like I didn't want to be a physical therapist. I didn't Uh want to be a coach. And it was my mom actually. Yeah. It was actually my mom who pointed out to me because I was, I was a gymnast and I was a good track athlete. And she pointed out to me, she said, Lindsay, you're really good at diets. Maybe you should like teach other people that. And so I went into the profession kind of naively with my mom pointing out that I was good at diet. Yeah, good at it, meaning in hindsight, because at age 15, I started counting my calories and tracking my food because I okay. was having some issues with it, you know? Mm-hmm. But fortunately, since I did decide to study it, I really turned things around for myself. And I was a D1 athlete, I, I competed track and field in college. And so competing track and field, studying nutrition, it just was always like, how can this help me be a better athlete? So, you know, that's how I started. And it it really always was stemming from an athletic background. Um, And that's why I got into sports nutrition specifically. And then as far as really helping girls and women overcome disordered eating, um, you know, as you just heard, that's maybe a little bit of my own story in there. But also, I spent a number of years working with um, military special operations as their performance dietitian. So it's not sport, but still performance. And um, it was mostly men and I loved it. But after a while working with mostly men, I was like really itching to get back to Mm. kind of the root and where my heart was in helping people with nutrition issues. And it was always helping that female athlete um, who was maybe struggling or looking at food the wrong way. So when I did start my own business, that's why I went kind of back to specifically working with women and girls.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. And, and RISE is an acronym, isn't it?
1: Yeah, RISE Up Nutrition. Um, it's not much, but R-U-N, RISE Up Nutrition. Uh, it spells out RUN, and I'm a runner, so.
0: Okay. Uh, a lot of my
1: clients are runners as well. So just kind of, just kind of.
0: It fits nicely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you you have. It, it's always good to have a meaning behind, you know, when you decide to create a company, and and what does the name of your company, what does it mean? You know, it's always good yeah. to just have that. So it reminds you of your mission. It just kind of keeps you kind of just focus. Remember, just a reminder, like what is? Why are you deciding to produce this service? You know. Uh, and when you said, you, you mentioned that, you know, you were just itching to really get back to that demographic of girls and women. And I'm sure a lot of it because it, you can see yourself in them in some yeah. part of your lives. Um, I work with an organization here in St. Louis um, called Girls in a Note. And what they do is they teach preteen girls, age 10 to 14, um, empowerment and how to find themselves. And they have yeah. a series of speakers. And so I'm one of the speakers and I speak as a dietitian about body image. And so, yeah. you know, and it and it feels good to connect and reach back to those young girls because that girl was once yeah. me, you know, and then yeah. their parents are with them as well, so those mothers as we're talking they're not in their heads so it's like i get when i'm and when i'm in those spaces as a dietitian, it's like i i really am able to just connect with these with the people because i know like it's helping them in their future and the mothers help to remind them and so when you told me about when i'm reading about you're telling me about how you found that it's just to kind of get back to those women is like yeah. i can completely relate yeah, yeah.
1: But that's exactly what it is and and i think too you know what some of my clients are older than me, but a lot of them are younger than me. I think a lot of girls struggle, begin begin their nutrition struggle and their body image struggle. It kind of begins for many people around that high school age, um, some mm-hmm. earlier and some later. But that's a, a lot of people struggle with nutrition around that high school age. And so I think going back to the name Rise Up Nutrition, too, I think that's another kind of layer to it is I want people to, especially these young girls, to learn about nutrition, to help it be something that they can grow and something that can really like elevate them with their performance, with their confidence in themselves. And they can really rise rise up with nutrition Yeah. Um, instead of it being something that, you know, they're growing up feeling like it's a constant battle or something yeah. that they're working against. Um, yeah.
0: So, and yeah. I, and I love that message. As a matter of fact, I want you just to kind of even go a little bit deeper because a lot of our audiences, are a lot of them are women, you know, and these yeah. women, They're women now, but I will definitely not argue that they, at some point in their lives, had to struggle with food as a young girl. But I think it only has actually snowballed into an adulthood. And with adulthood, it's like you can find so many different excuses as to why you're not addressing it. And then you don't have the tools to address it. You know, I think that's, that's really big. You know, you just can't tell someone just to work with it. You have to help them with tools. So kind of give us a little insight. How do you choose to, you know, work with these young women in in your language and your ways in which you're helping them to rise up in their nutrition?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and you're right about if it's, you know, whenever these issues might start, like they're not addressed, they're just gonna snowball. And that's why, although I do work with a lot of high school, college age clients, I also have women in their 30s, 40s, uh, 50s and 60s, because Mm -hmm. it's like, if this isn't addressed, it will just progress. Yeah, And um, it's actually really cool too. I have kind of a group dynamic going on within my programming. And it's actually really inspiring that, you know, the older women, can be there you know to to help the younger mm-hmm. girls and then the younger girls can look up to these older women and in a weird way kind of be like well i don't want to be like that and be you know still in these same shoes in 20 years so i need to address this now it's a really great dynamic but um, as far as how do i help people through this i think that was your question um, yeah yeah it, you know i think i'll start with the basics which is that there's so much conflicting nutrition information and, you know, in a world where we can just Google something, it should be easy, but sometimes it just makes it a lot more confusing. So I think first and foremost, it is a solid education program, you know, where my clients are getting nutrition education. Um, and, and that just, that just helps clear the air. It's like, okay, let's tune out all the other nonsense that you're seeing on Instagram, TikTok, Google search, and just listen to this, right. And just trust in this. And it, right away, sometimes with
0: education, that just clears up so much confusion. It does. For a lot. It's, it's, and I think the thing is that you're overwhelmed because you're only getting, yeah. you know, bombarded with advertisement media, influencers. And then you yeah. don't know what's truth. And so It's overwhelming. To just throw your hands up. So I totally get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'd say it starts with education um, and then, you know, Knowledge can only go so far knowledge is not power It's implementation <laughs> of that knowledge. That's yep, powerful. Execution. So, so that's where I think the, the coaching, the one-on-one coaching and, and truly helping people implement it to their life or understand why their needs are different than somebody else's, you know? Yes. Why are your needs as a 17 year old runner different than a 25 year old professional athlete or different than a 30 year old non-athlete? Like we all have different needs. So it's, it's, applying it to your life, understanding your needs, and kind of coaching them through that, empowering them in the decisions, the food decisions that they're making, um, the exercise decisions that they're making. And I think too, depending on, you know, the client and exactly what's going on with them, especially when it comes to eating disorders, those can be complicated as to why one develops. Um, I think on the surface level, people think it might just be because of body image concerns, but that's mm-hmm. not always it. Or it can be so much more than that, so much deeper than that. So um, I'm not a, a therapist, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I'm, you know, not there to help my clients work through the emotional level of things too. Yes. So we're working through the emotional level of things as well.
0: Yeah. And then in, in athleticism, I think, it's a, it, like you said, it's, it can be a twofold. Um, they're wanting to excel in their performance or their sports. Because yeah. especially with women, I don't want to stereotype, but we always have to find a way to be perfect and perfection is Like if this is going to equal to perfection, I'm going to bring it in. You know, yeah. we're pressured to feel like we have to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, we, we can use nutrition or our food or how we interact with food at that age, that collegiate age to increase or enhance our performance. But at the same time, we're still trying to control how, the physical part of what we look like. And again, yeah. all of this is coming from mis, misinformation as to even like how we find, figure out this is just the answer to kind of manipulate our nutrition and food. Um, and so I know like that's something that society don't look, as, look at athletes as possibly going through some of these mental and emotional struggles as just say the, the everyday person. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and so like my question to you with that is like, you know, how can, how can you, I mean, I guess you, you can probably recognize some of it just from your personal experience, but exposing that the understanding of these struggles that people deal with, with food is universal. It's not everyone, everyone faces it, you know, they're, everyone has ways in which they face it and you just can't categorize it to one particular group.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I think, um, Again, when it comes to struggling with nutrition, whether it's some mild disordered eating behaviors or an actual eating disorder, I think so many people can relate to, you know, one thing or three things. And it doesn't matter which category of of people you're in, what age, what demographic, what sport, Um, when it comes to athletes, um, they're absolutely prevalent and they might just you know, look a little different. You should never discriminate on eating disorders or have a judgment as to what mm-hmm. one looks like. Um, but I think in the athletic population, um, they almost can use their sport maybe as a cover up sometimes, um, you know, to say, well, I'm doing this for performance. But the funny thing about it is, it's actually hurting your performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's that. Or again, you shouldn't judge an eating disorder based on looks, but it's something that might look different there too. people almost praise them for their fit bodies and how muscular they are when they're actually really battling with something on the inside. Um, and it's just this perpetual pressure to keep that yes. up, you know, so whereas somebody might feel body image pressure to, um, you know, have an ideal womanly figure, then somebody else feels bodily pressure to have the ideal marathon body or gymnast body. And yes. um, I think really, taking the focus away from bodies is the most important thing. Um, And to keep the focus for athletes, keep the focus on performance. And for non athletes, I don't actually think it's too different. Keep the focus on performance. Just what is that performance? Is that your job performance? Is that your mental performance? Is that your, you know, showing up every day with the biggest smile on your face? Like what is performance to you? Um, I think that's a question everybody has to ask themselves. Like what, what, do you expect out of your body and how do you want your body to perform? Whether it's in the gym, on the track or in the job, in your career, how do you want your body to perform? Because that is what you fuel it for. You fuel your body yes. to, to do something and whether you're a high level athlete or, you know, a weekend warrior, doesn't matter. What do you want to fuel your body for?
0: Yeah. Amen sister. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. Now I know the word disorder, eating, eating disorder can get skewed, you know? So like just kind of for clarification reasons, kind of help explain like what's the difference between the two? Where's the, what's the common denominator and what's the difference between the two?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I guess the difference between the two is that an eating disorder is something that you can clinically diagnose, um, you know, kind of from a medical perspective, it's something that can be diagnosed and in that sense too, like, you know, insurance might help you cover services if you're getting treatment for that. Um, And it an eating disorder is also considered like a a, a mental health condition as well. Okay. Um, Disordered eating is the very, very vague term. (laughs) And I actually prefer to use that term at least in all honesty, as far as my messaging and marketing goes, because there are a lot of people that might have an eating disorder but might never admit to it or are not receiving medical treatment for it, so don't quite know it yet, but they could recognize that they have some disordered behaviors or just okay, eating tendencies. Um, so I think you know, there's no way to really say what disordered eating is, but I would say that if your eating is hurting you physically or mentally in any way, then. That's disorder to me, <laughs> but there's no actual like definition per se. Um, so, so I would say if I, you know, to elaborate, some disordered eating behaviors might be, you know, skipping meals or excessively counting calories or under fueling or binging or um, compensating with uh, trying to burn off or rid yourself of the, that energy in any way. Um, sometimes, disordered eating. Isn't actually the behavior, but I deal with a lot of clients that are behaviorally doing everything okay, but still mentally like battling in their head with what should I eat, how much, what's right, no, this is wrong. Now I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, so their behaviors are okay, but their like mental relationship with with food is still a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's no actual de- definition for disordered eating, but I think that's where the line would be drawn as to is something a clinical condition or not
0: yeah and I think that's important for people too because I think people want to create a taboo around the that oh I'm not just I'm not my eating is not disordered yeah. or you know I'm not showing you know patterns of yeah. unhealthy relate- behaviors for food um, and I think that people don't even recognize it because yeah. it just becomes a part of their they've just been Playing this game, this counting game, this I'm gonna catch up game, this diet cycle game. They've been in this mm-hmm. game for so long. They don't even know what real what what it means to just create health. You know, you hear the you hear, I think healthy habits and healthy lifestyle. So I think it's just a cliche term That's yeah. you know. But no one, no one. If you don't know that, if you don't recognize that you're you're having disordered eating patterns and you're showing it, then you wouldn't even know what it means to. The other on the other end of how to make steps that that's reflecting healthy habits relationship right. you know, with food, and I think that's that's really huge because you don't know it. I mean, didn't think about the marketing and the media like it's just thrown at you. I mean, it's so every time oh, yeah. if I hear another radio station, another commercial, Instagram post that talks about these systems and these plans, and you know, it just is like tell the person just shut off learning or even just trying to know anything and just follow this follow these footsteps and you know and i feel like because of that people can't recognize it they're just following some sort of system they don't know if this is something that they always told me that is healthy for my body but i'm just eating it because it's going to help me to lose weight or perform better you know i think that's a bit that's unfortunate you know and just having like you know having dietitians and having someone special like you that kind of works in that realm helping to them, help them to discern and understand the difference so that we can now know what to do with that. I think that's, that's huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think if you don't mind me sharing a bit more about my story, I think that's very similar to my story, which was that like, uh, when I was in high school and I was a, I was a pretty high level gymnast, you know, I was counting calories and I was Google searching and I was looking at nutrition facts, labels and stuff. And I, I would have never resonated with an eating disorder or anything like that, but it was more that um, it, throughout my process of figuring out what right looked like through my formal education is mm-hmm. when I can in hindsight look back and be like, oh yeah, that was wrong. That wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I didn't know I was doing things wrong.
0: Yeah. 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 And again, if you don't even recognize that it's happening, you and you, there's no way to move forward. So I think the biggest yeah. part, like you said, in your marketing, your, you know, your language is helping people to recognize that these are patterns, you know, so let's work yeah. on, you know, you know, let's not stop and throw out a pattern as read, re, readjust the patterns, you know, or, or, yeah. or focusing on, you know, like you said, on self-care and self-love and not just, you know, oh, the performance, you know, not necessarily the body image. I yeah. think that's, you know, I think that's, that's the language that needs to start standing up against the old language. You know, yeah. and the old language is, you know, follow, you know, count these calories. You know, I I, I, yeah. I, don't I get I mean, I understand why they have like you go to restaurants, they have the calories on there. I get yeah. it. But it's just it creates kind of a, you know, it creates transparency and understanding what's how many, how heavy this food typically is. But it just kind of yeah. just it just reinforces, OK, these numbers, these numbers. And you're going to you buy you, you decide to get the high cap calorie um, item. Then guess what? you feel guilty it just it just kind of reinforces yeah. it you ever thought about that like it reinforces <laughs> it <laughs> but it's so i thought about it a lot <laughs> oh my i got actually I, I literally just like thought about it like how it actually creates it just makes it m- more difficult for people to detach from these numbers detach from you know this idea of what's good and what's bad i mean cuz if you eat you know yeah. it just it doesn't really well, help the situation that example
1: you just gave is like that was an initiative to
0: help people,
1: but it people don't understand calories, so it doesn't help them. Like that wasn't the first step that needed to be implemented, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, when
0: you're working I, with I, your clients, and yeah. this is this is this is the important stuff here because that's the, that's the, that's the problem. Like, there is no first step, you know, to the public, as to how can you yeah. help. The public on a larger scale recognize how to begin to live a healthy lifestyle and you know it can't be out of fear because fear doesn't work no. and it can't be out of if you do this then you will lose 30 pounds because that doesn't work people no. <laughs> those those <laughs> things doesn't work and so yeah. you know i i i myself look at it it has to be another way we can help people to take that first step Um, You know, and so I'm going to throw the question to you, you know, as a dietitian and doing things in your own unique way and having your life experience as a part of, you know, what you do as a service to others, you know, what would, how would you say, what would be the first step to just, what is the first step to, whether it's awareness or just knowing what it is to live a healthy life and start walking into that phase as, you know, as part of your life? Yeah, that's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> you ask me that question. When you when ask me that question one day, then then I'll I'll have something handwritten oh, yeah. for you. Okay, I'll prepare for it.
1: But no, like it's true. Like, yeah. So, like, what's the first step to establishing goals for a healthy lifestyle? Um, you know, I I I think the first step that I teach my clients. So I, I guess I'll answer there. The first step that I teach my clients is. To know that food food just is not black and white, it is not good or bad,:
0: yeah, for and sure. To,
1: to take a very like emotionless approach to food, which is kind of funny, because eventually I, I love food, and I love and I, I love the fact that I can celebrate with food and have fun with food and eat meals that make me happy, but in the beginning, you want to take kind of an emotionless approach to food that this is neither good nor bad this has no like meaning to me in my life this is survival mm-hmm. and to and i think a sports dietitian like slogan is food is fuel yeah right and i think that slogan and that mindset can help anybody to think like this is fuel for my body this is this is a machine this is how i run i need to put fuel in my body so that i can live so that i can perform mm-hmm. and when you take that approach then it's like no food could be bad.
0: Yeah. We give food too much power. Yeah. We give it so too to much power. Take,
1: exactly. Kind of take the power away from it and just recognize like all food is good for you because all food is fuel. And and then we go from there. So I think taking taking the power away from food and recognizing that it has no power over you like it, it's just a thing on a plate it's you know and so that's the first step it's neither good nor bad it just is what it is and it's like putting you know gas in your car yeah. you need it to survive and i think that that's that's the first step and like i said though like i actually i love food and i love that food can be an emotional experience. It can be something that, you know, going out for tacos with your friends is a fun thing. It is so cool that it can help your performance as an athlete. But I think that's the first step, is to know that all of this is actually about you. It's not about the food.
0: <laughs> I can only laugh at that. I said all the time, it has nothing to do with food. You know, our relationship, <laughs> with, our relationship with food has nothing to do with food itself. That's just a tool we use. It's all about, our relationship your with relationship ourselves. With and and so, you know, as I as you're explaining to me, your first the first thing you would do is just take away this whole black and white perspective of food is good or bad and just take away yeah. that power. That's that's I would say that's definitely number one. Um yeah. another like, while, you yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah. like, while you're talking, I'm thinking yeah, and while you're talking, hmm, what would I what would I say, you know? And yeah. actually I thought about an Instagram post that I posted maybe a couple of months ago and it says love self first yeah. and then food because we have to love we have to our choices that what we do or anything in our lives whether it's where we live where we who we decide to marry you know all mm-hmm. things come from how we feel about ourselves so in, in order for you to implement this thing that we put in our mouths or in our bodies and knowing being able to decide is this something you know that's reflective of loving yourself or not reflective. I think you have to first love yourself. And when you love yourself, you refuse to do any actions, at least intentionally, that doesn't show that. Um, And I think a lot of... uh, We distract ourselves from loving ourselves by thinking if we just close our eyes, just follow this rule, you know, whatever the coach says, whatever, you know, this... Mm -hmm this Instagram person that has 30,000 followers, whatever they say, I'm just going to follow them. But we haven't stopped to love ourselves first. And I think yeah. once we do that, to me, that says, that will be an ongoing um, thought process that will help you to make your choices moving forward. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Love yourself.
1: I first. 100% agree. I think that was beautiful the way you put it. You know, I had a client who actually recently finished uh, my program and, and her, I asked her for feedback and, um, as I do for all my clients who just ask for feedback on, yeah. you know, your experience and stuff. And, and she said to me, like, um, she used the term that like, this was the best life coaching I ever had. And I was like, that's funny. I didn't know I was in the life coaching business. Mm-hmm. But, um, because for her, it was very much the same story in order for her to, uh, move forward with the proper nutrition and to kind of solve the nutrition issues she was having she needed to learn self-care, self-love, and kind of a brand new mindset um, for herself. And so that's why she was like, you're the best. Life coaching was great. And I was like, I didn't even know I was in the business of life coaching, but you know, it's so, I think that is powerful.
0: It teaches you life skills. I mean, nutrition to me is life because that's how you have life. But it teaches what you're learning, when you're learning about yourself, you learn about your relationship. This is a relationship. Yeah. And when it comes to food, food is not a relationship that's going to die. It's going to be with you for the whole, your whole life, your whole mm-hmm. life. So if you are able to build a strong relationship with food, nutrition, because it's going to be with you your whole life, to me, those give you the tools of how you can apply these type of tools and these life skills to other parts of your your life, whether it's other mm-hmm. people, situations. So I really, you know, you ask me, I think it's all it's all self Um And yeah. that's good because being... You know, you what you what you're probably finding, Lance, is that you're using you know your knowledge and your passion in your life, the, your past, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, to help others, you know, live a life of, of of happiness, you know, live a life of healthiness. And I think yeah. I think and you find like I say with your clients, she's she feel like you just, you've not just changed her nutrition and her health, but you changed her life. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that's um, huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now this program you're talking about. Is this your your FAST program that that you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, tell yeah. me a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So that it's the female athlete system of transformation, which is AKA okay. the FAST Track. Yeah. FAST. The, I like the, that. I'm into the acronyms if you hey, haven't figured that it out. It sticks and it works. yeah and uh the reason i I called it that is is because like you just said it can be life-changing and i think that in so many ways it it truly transforms some of these girls and women who are struggling with disordered eating and and they truly transform It's the female athlete system of transformation to transform somebody who's struggling with disordered eating into somebody who's you know fierce in their mindset fit in their bodies fueled nutritionally and just performing at their highest level so yeah, That's the fast back, And I think, you know, another reason I kind of, I, I, I'm i just, wow, I'm so into my acronyms, it's so funny. But another reason I really love it is because people struggle with disordered eating for a long time. I, I've had clients that maybe come to me after just a couple months of struggling. And I'm mm-hmm. like, thank goodness you came to me now because I've also had clients who are struggling for five years, 10 years, 15 years. I had a client this year who was binging and purging for 18 years.
0: Mm, her body in a, this emotional state, you know? Yeah. And I can say that's clinical, like it's it's, yeah. it's, a legit illness that, you know, and it needs to be addressed in that way, you know, but yeah. I just feel bad for a person that mm-hmm. has, that has endured that for so many years.
1: Yeah, and so I call it the fast track because it's a 12-week program, and in 12 weeks um, we were okay. able to cover everything. And and she's, I worked with her October, so 12, 12 weeks from October, Um, But to this day, she's still kind of an ongoing client of mine um, Mm -hmm. who's graduated from the program, but she has still not um, binged or purged since we started working together. So after 18 years. Life-changing, right? And that she was struggling for 18 years. And in just 12 weeks, we overcame some huge obstacles. And that's another reason why it's called the fast track. And I'm I'm not trying to paint a picture that people can end their disordered eating, especially if it is a clinical eating disorder within just 12 weeks. Like, trust me, she's with... Those medical concerns that are going on, she's got, you know, th- some things that she's dealing with. But I, she has been empowered, transformed. Her mindset's been changed, and uh, she's she's just an amazing success story there. But th- that's why it's called the fast track too, because in just twelve weeks, you can mm-hmm. truly have uh, a life changing transformation.
0: Yeah, relatively to their whole life, this is considered right. a fast track transformation. Wow yeah. so I'm assuming that and it i'm I'm, I'm saying this because I, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are listening or watching that has a relative or they've dealt with themselves or they're dealing with it now like you know what if you can give us like a little snippet of like kind of what it looks like for people that may be interested or just even curious to like you know if they've never been that they've never been to a dietitian or been to spoke with a counselor or you know they have no idea you know that this could actually you know save their lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, first things first is I do have a virtual practice. So everything's okay. done virtually, which has its limitations, but also its benefits, which is, you know, wherever you are in this country or world, there is mm-hmm. help for you. So um true. And then I do things through both an educational and an individualized approach. So, like I mentioned earlier, you know, as we were talking, I think education is powerful. So, all of my clients get, um, you know, educational resources where they can learn on their own time and kind of, um, like in between our sessions, if, if we only have a session once a week, then in between our sessions, they've, they've got resources and help and education and stuff to work okay. through on their own. Um, I also offer an unlimited individualized approach. So I don't limit my clients to one session per week or, or you know, one session per month. They're, they're unlimited. If I'm your it's like dietitian in your back pocket, if you've got mm-hmm. a cell phone, you can reach out to me. Um, and I think that's why it's also very important with people who have been struggling with nutrition or their mindset, or their relationship with food, like to have that accountability and support. And you're going to have that. And we're going to work through your individual needs. And and I push my clients. I'm not going to lie about that either. I do challenge them. So, you know, when we have a session, you're going to leave that session with action steps on, on what you Great. need to focus on going forward, you know. And I think that's also kind of maybe the athletic nature in me and a lot of my clients, like. Um, you know, having action steps um, and feeling like you're part of a team and doing this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a small uh, group. So all of my clients have the opportunity to chat with each other and we hop on okay. group calls. which is just another layer of knowing like you're not alone in this, which is really helpful. Um, but also it's like, you're not alone, but also we're all moving through this, which I think is really important when it comes to group environments and group settings that you know we're not just here to talk about our problems we're here to help solve our problems and to work through and and again that's again maybe that athletic nature in me like we are a team we've got goals and we're going to support each other and and um take the action steps we need to get there so it's great to see in my group program some of the girls who are on week 12 who are inspiring the girls Mm -hmm. on week two um yeah so i think i think that kind of covers is that educational approach the individualized approach um and kind of that group accountability and support too
0: yeah i, I like the sound of that i mean it seems like you really got a full like whole whole like you is well-rounded where you individually be able to work with them you place them in a the community and you still have ongoing like ways to connect and keeping them engaged yeah. throughout their 12 weeks
1: That's oh great. yeah yeah I love yeah it. yeah yeah <laughs> all
0: right, I, love all, <laughs> I have one more question for you um, sure it's the reason why you know, I chose to go in this profession is the reason why you chose to go in this profession. So in a simple way, what, what makes your heart sing? Uh, and why do you think that is so? Hmm.
1: What
0: makes my heart sing? Um, S- sing. Sing. Oh, good. Yes. That's a better question. Oh, <laughs> I like, that would be a puzzling <laughs> question. Sing. What makes your I'm heart kidding. sing? I'm going
1: to give you a very different answer. <laughs> What makes my heart sing yeah, um, yeah uh, you know right now and why I got into this profession it's just seeing my clients succeed my my clients um, definitely motivate me. I wouldn't be doing this um if not for them and everything I do is for them to get success right so so if they're not seeing success i'm I'm gonna change what I'm doing so that they can see success um, but seeing my clients reach their goals um, yeah that makes my heart sing and and I you know that that's all I want for them, yeah, they motivate me,
0: yeah, I love it, I love it, yeah, well, um, Lindsay, unfortunately, we only have a few more minutes, um but this has been yeah. a very um fruitful, enriching conversation
1: yeah. um
0: and it's it's just a, it's a delight to hear hear your your journey and you know your path you've taken with nutrition and just how you. You know, you're on that. You're on. You're on the same side as I am, as far as you know, creating that approach of self care and self love, and, and not, It's not about numbers. It's not about timelines. And I think the world needs to hear these type of conversations. Um, yes. I want to make sure the world hears. You know, how can they get in contact with you? How can they learn more about your services? I know it's virtual, so it's again, you can be um, connected at any time, uh, any part of the world. So let's kind of just get ways that we people can find you and connect with you.
1: Sure. You can find me um, on my website, which is runwithlindsay.com. Um, I'm very active on Instagram, at Rise of Nutrition Run. There are a lot of Rise of Nutrition on Instagram, so that's Listen. why I have the run at the end. Okay. Rise of Nutrition Run. <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a, a Facebook group, which is a private community, but you can request to join. My group is uh, Overcome Disordered Eating and Fuel to Perform. Um, Yeah, those are the best ways to reach out to me Uh, when you go on my website, runwithlindsay.com, you know, you can start a chat with me, Mm -hmm. you can send me an email and, uh, and that's really all you have to do is, you know, you know, shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram, and we can connect and we can go from there.
0: Great, great, great. But there you have it, guys, another dietitian with another approach, but still can reach the people that need those type of services. Lindsay, um, again, I thank you for just bringing your voice to the table, um, helping to just kind of pull out some of those, um, those demographics that are sometimes overlooked. Um, and then just helping people to recognize, you know, is there a difference in how I'm eating and is there a better way? A way that's more healthier for me, and I think you have given people some things to think about. And I think that's to me that's the first step of change: is acknowledgement. So I appreciate yeah. you got you guys. I appreciate you by yourself <laughs> <laughs> being on the show. Uh, and I hope that we will continue to have our conversations off the podcast show.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Rashonda. It was a
0: pleasure. You're welcome, uh, everyone. Um, again, I mean, this is another great conversation that um, it resonates to to me and resident, I'm sure, to every one of you guys in some way, form, or fashion. If not, I know there's someone out there that you know are struggling, having their own personal struggles. You know, sometimes it's easy to just shoot them over some language that can just get them to think differently. And this is one way to do it. So please share um, this particular podcast to others and just, you know, give them opportunity to their all communities out there our professionals that are out there that can create, not just changing your nutrition, your health and performance, but your life. So this is Rishon The Thornton, The Dietist Against Diets. I'll see you guys next time.